cool. <clears throat> I don't know why you're smiling for you. <laughs> right. Um, welcome back to uh, football Bandit Football Fans. Look, I was about to even get it wrong. Sorry, I'm a bit rattled <laughs> about the weekend. But welcome back to Bandit Football Fans. I'm going to be your host today, Deji. Today we have Ben and we have Callum. Um, yo, we've got yo, quite a lot yo. of things. To, <laughs> we've got quite a lot of things to get through uh, today. Um, it's been a very, very interesting weekend, like a really, really interesting weekend. Obviously for United fans, also Chelsea fans as well. Some madness going on in the back. Obviously, um, Liverpool <laughs> are doing fantastically well. Um, from same old, Martin. isn't it? Same old, same old. <laughs> Just get them three points, and pretty much. Makes sense, makes sense. So yeah, let's start on. Let's kick um, stuff off with obviously the Liverpool and Chelsea game. That was one of the big games of the weekend. Um, let's start off with um, you know. Let's start off with Ben because I think Callum's got a lot to say there. But Ben, what, 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 what's your feeling so on if that? I, game? If I can jump in, first of all, there were two games. So there's Callum's fucking gone, man. <laughs> I thought that was Callum disappearing. <laughs> um, so you had Liverpool versus. 11-man Chelsea, and then you had Liverpool versus 10-man Chelsea. <laughs> and to be fair, up until Christensen went off, I think we were dominating the play. But you couldn't necessarily see where the goal was coming from. And I think the Chelsea team looked... They had a tactic, they played well, they kind of like... they Not exactly stopped us, stopped us, but they were making life difficult for us and they were stopping us playing our usual game. Then Christensen went, got sent off... For like a dumbness, I was just like, I mean, I get it. Like, is in your head, you're like, just bring him down or whatever. But that was just red card all day. Like, um, and then after that, you just didn't have the the manpower literally to deal with us. Um, so it's a difficult one to call. I mean, I said it the last couple of weeks is like, um, like uh, it's gonna take a good five games. Like, this we're effectively in preseason. I know these count. I know there are points available for these games, but at the end of the day, like. Teams are still getting into the play of stuff. They hadn't had a proper preseason, but on the other hand, you spent over two hundred million, and your club is still a dumpster fire. So, oh no, no, you can't say I don't that. Know. They're they're missing off of their new signings. Like that. <laughs> I was just, no, they weren't. They had started with Havertz and Werner. Yeah, that's two. They still got who else? You still that's two. That's like what 120 million's worth, 130 yeah, that, million's that's, worth. That's like, a bit harsh. That, that's harsh, man. All I'm saying is just remember. Our front line costs just over a hundred million. <laughs> ah, that's that's fine. No, to be fair, what what I would say is Josie did play well. Like, so I just, I thought I was being too nice for an extended period of time. I thought I'd had to throw some shade in there. Like people watching are going to be like, "What the fuck has happened to Ben?" No, I mean, I think um, they they held us up up until Christensen went off. I think that second half would have been a lot more stressful for Liverpool. Like the longer Chelsea held out, yeah. I mean, with eleven men, they were kind of pinning us back, and it like we've had it before with Liverpool, where it feels like we're going to get the win. We just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, and then it gets to the 80th minute. It's like, oh fuck, we do actually need to score the goal though, mm. and then that panic kind of sets in. And so I think the timing of it as well, just before half time, like he just he just made Klopp's team talk. You just walk in and it's like they've got one less man. Just keep doing what you're doing and they won't be able to keep up anymore. See, I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it was a game of two halves kind of thing. And I think um, I do understand. Like, I was watching that game and I was thinking to myself, rah, Liverpool looking a bit suspect. This is a bit unusual Like for me. I was like, rah, this is actually Chelsea are pr- doing pretty well, keeping it up and stuff. Um, and then obviously the sending off happened. But with all due respect, even if he didn't get sent off, I think... Chelsea still would have lost that game. And the only reason why I say that is only because with how Liverpool keep knocking at the door, they're not going to stop doing it. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's only going to be a matter of time before Kepa done his madness. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Shit, man. Do you know which, what? I forget they have Kepa. Yeah, which which he did. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <And> I, <laughs> Do you remember in the first half that, to be fair, when he fucking he chased uh, Salah out to the corner flag for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think, yeah, no, I think. That was always gonna happen, but mate, Callum, that that's that that back four and that back five, basically. <laughs> Bro, honestly, I've... Right, let's just get things out of the way. Christensen, that was I. I have no idea even how to describe what he did. The guy like rode on his back like a horse. 
Uh, Who is Bradley like, Louise? <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not even like, do you know what I mean? If the guy's going down towards goal, like at least try and scissor him, like, or use your legs, use the things that you played the game with. You know what I mean? It's called football. Use your foot. Oh, mate, I don't know. Like the new law, we all knew, we all know the new law. Like if you make an attempt to go for the ball, um, it's it's a debatable red, more than likely a yellow. If you ride on someone's back. It's an instant red. <laughs> yeah. That's in rule book. Just, um, I have not said to say on Kepa, apart from that we just announced Mendy, effectively, uh, subject to medical, and he should be fit to play against West Brom. Um, and that closes the case on Kepa. Um, Alonso, so basically what I'm doing is I'm focusing on the three players that basically made the mistakes in the game. Um, Kepa... Uh, <laughs> I'm literally that, lost my Do you know what, yeah? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That face for Kepa and we're only in game week two. <laughs> That's like a game week 34 face. <laughs> my man's tapping out already. <laughs> now, for me, there's three players made the mistake in it. There was Christensen with the foul on Mane. There was Kepa with the mistake um, to, to lead to Mane's second goal. Um, and the... Um, and the first goal, it was Alonso getting done on the one-two. As we've seen so many times, his agility from a standing start is probably his weakest, his weakest um, attribute in his game. Um, I thought, so yeah, focusing on those three players. Goal, do you think, don't you think Kepa should have done better? Uh, for Mane's... Um, yeah, the second goal. Sorry, have I got them confused? Uh, which one was the first one? I was Mane... Sec- I think the first, the second one was the Kepa, where Kepa, like... I think, I don't ballooned know if think, I don't, yeah, huh? That was one where Kepa ballooned it and then right to Mane. Yeah, 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 yeah. basically. Yeah, so, so, so the Kepa mistake was the first one and then Hedda was the second one. No, 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 other way around. No, nah, Hedda, yeah, Hedda was the first one and then Kepa's okay. was the second one, yeah. Sorry, I might have got that. I might, might, might have got that. That's all right. I, I understand when you're rattled, innit? Honestly, mate. It's it's, <laughs> all sorts is going on. But, um, I'm sorry, when you're, when you're rattled, what does that mean? <laughs> yes. That's called keep talking. I'll just Google that, rattled. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead, honestly. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, basically, across the two goals, those are the three players that made the mistake. And in players like Chilwell... Um, uh, obviously, at Mendy, we'll hopefully get in. And uh, players like Thiago Silva, I'm hoping that we can basically stop making those mistakes effectively. Um, I do think, I totally agree with what you're saying. Liverpool are such a threat that they will just keep banging on the door. But until Kirstensen got sent off, I thought we were doing all right. Yeah, there, was, um, there was, I thought that playing Werner off the left, gave Trent uh, a kind of another thought that he might he might not have so often, which is there's a there's a player with insane pace behind yeah, me yeah, and he'll yeah. be going straight for goal, which kind of might have reduced his ability to, to bomb forward a lot more as we as we've seen. Um, so I thought that was interesting from Frank. Alonso played well apart from, you know, a couple of times that we that we mentioned. Um, I don't really feel like Liverpool had massive chances. There was that ball flashed across the um, the six-yard box. But apart from that, I can't really find anything apart from, I'm talking about, um, apart from the time that Kepa chased out um, Salah, I think it was, or Firmino. Just, just went for a wonder. Yeah. Just went to <laughs> check out the corner flag. Just like, is the corner, yeah, the corner flag's still there. Yeah, you know, I saw today, I saw a picture of Kepa, and underneath it, it just had 72 million British pounds. That's literally what they said. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, shit, that's a lot of pounds, you know. That's not even pesos. That's not euros. That's British pounds, you know. Yeah. That's actually mad. Yeah, uh, yeah no, nah, these, these things happen. Um, you know what? The one thing that I was going to actually bring up as well, mm. obviously in the Prem, um, a lot of managers are opting in for uh, goalkeepers who can play the ball, who can play football, is what I would like to say in it. Do you think Kepa can do that because the reason why I'm asking that question is because the game United played against Crystal Palace it's not the first time De Gea has done that he's done that quite a couple of times where not not for the goals that we've conceded but there was a goal uh, there was a goal in Eddie conceded where I think I can't remember who passed the ball back to him but there was a straight pass and he couldn't make it and I was like bro this guy's not far away from you it's a straight pass you didn't need to add curl to it nothing at all 
And he done a madness. And I was like, I've clocked you. I've actually clocked you. You can't play football. You're good at stopping shots and that. <laughs> but you can't play. That's why you probably, like, you're going to lose that ranking of, you know, being one of the best goalkeepers. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, where Kepa had that chance to, I don't know. I don't know what he could have done. Money is quick, isn't it? Um, where, where, the, where he passed that, where he was, he got received the ball. He was nah. meant to pass it out or kick it out or whatever. Nah, nah. The guy, all he had to do was just one time pass into Christensen or hoof it, man. It's yeah. just simple. So he, he can't play Christensen. Christensen have been sent off, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> rapped. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Hey, Although, to be fair, if was on the bench, that's probably a good place to send the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Better than that, Mane. Just fucking punt it off. <laughs> there we go. Which, whichever centre-back was there, just pass him the ball one time, innit? But, <laughs> nah, uh, I, I think uh, Kepa's distribution is good when he's got time. But under pressure, the guy just crumbles. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I feel that way. I feel that way about De Gea, and I, I think not a lot of people have picked up on that. And I'm like, you know, everyone's looking for this key. Even Pep, you know, was one of the the first to do it. Klopp as well, like bringing in well for the I've seen anyways, bringing these keepers who can actually play football. Do you know? What I mean, if they took off the gloves, I'm not saying they're your next Ronaldo or whatever, but you know, decent touch, decent pass, one twos, they they're okay under pressure and that. And I feel like De Gea just doesn't have that as a goalkeeper. And I hate. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not the biggest fan of goalkeepers playing football. If in that situation that Kepa was in, you kick the ball, you clear it. That's I don't. I'm not interested in one twos and playing it from the back because that causes too many problems. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, there's teams out there who are doing that and it works really well. But the, there's a difference between having like nice smooth interplay and flipping, putting your foot on the ball and chilling for time like I don't understand what he's doing you're playing against the fastest most aggressive like attackingly aggressive team arguably in the world what are you doing do you why do you think that you have that time and I and it's nice to see that someone can remain calm in their mind but clearly shit should not be calm like (laughs) I don't know how else to say it do you know what I mean you've got Sadio Mane running at you get rid of the ball it's so frustrating the guy does it the thing with Tepper is like his mind, you can't see what he's trying to do in his mind. You know when you some, someone makes a mistake and you're like, oh, I can kind of see what you're doing. I, I, I very rarely know what Kepa was trying to do. See, I but, asked you this question one time before. I remember in another podcast and I was like, do you think Kepa is naive? Like, do you think he's the, one of them situations where he thinks he's better than what he is? I I think that that question level um, put to any... Premier League footballer, any top-level athlete, the the answer is always going to be they think they're the best because very, very rarely does someone get to that level and not believe that they're good enough. Who, right? what, Kep, Kep, do you say uh, Kepa's level or... No, no. <laughs> or Kepa's level or which level? Because you you're not making that one clear. Stop <laughs> trying to draw me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that fishing line gif, innit? <laughs> yeah, <trust me. laughs> <laughs> no, no, prem level, like elite athlete level, basically. Okay. There's, it's very rare. So generally, whenever a question like that is asked, the answer has to be yes. Of course, he thinks that he's good enough. But the you have the odd person that doesn't deal with stress or nerves well. Christensen is another example. I think it was Sari or Ancelotti. I can't remember exactly who, but one of our last managers, one of our previous managers, said that before a game, sometimes Christensen would literally almost be vomiting out of nervousness. Because of, and 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 it and it really um, affected their ability to pick him because they couldn't they couldn't rely on him mentally, and it shows on the pitch. It shows on the pitch. Um, you can't hide. Everyone always says no. You, it's impossible to hide on a on a football pitch, um, especially at that level. I mean, so um, so yeah. If that if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Thiago, what are you saying? <laughs> It's actually interesting because I was going to say a point on the back of the goalkeeper thing and Thiago feeds into that. It's going to be a bit of a like windy point, but I think basically the game is changing and it's like it's obviously in a constant state of evolution. And I think when we grew up, the game was a lot more linear in the way it was played. So it was like 4-4-2 and you had a winger run down the line, then he put in a relatively straight cross, then the forward would try and attack that. And, you know, everything was like, if you're defending, you're going backwards. If you're attacking, you're going forwards. Um, And nowadays, I think there's a lot more kind of system play where people move 
a lot more out of position. I mean, our fullbacks aren't fullbacks. They're wingers, effectively. They get back every now and again. And I think people are approaching the play in a very different way, in a more three-dimensional kind of way, rather than a straightforward. So I think Christensen would be amazing when we were growing up and people will just run at you. And he can do the defending bit normally, but it's whenever he gets caught in a position where he needs to make a decision from a three, like 360-degree perspective, he gets lost and then he panics. And I think it's the same thing with De Gea. De Gea is one of the best shot stoppers in the world. In the same way Mignolet was a fantastic shot stopper, but the way that Liverpool defended, the chances weren't coming from those direct shots. It was coming from... Yeah, attacks yeah. that managed to get through. So Mignolet is a great keeper, and I respect him as a goalkeeper. He wasn't the goalkeeper for us. Allison, I think he even grew up being a midfielder. So he gets, he's got that idea that the game is all around him, not just in front yeah. of him. And I think that we're going to see that a lot more as the game develops. Going back to Thiago and where Thiago fits into that, I think that's how he sees the game. Like there was a couple of signs or passes he played where nobody else in our midfield would have seen that pass. And he's looking at the space. He's looking at people moving. Like you could, His head was always up, looking around, looking around. But I would say the way that he builds the picture in his head is just phenomenal. And I think that's really going to add to us in terms of like um, our ability. Because, I mean, we've adapted from it. But particularly when Klopp started, it was very much like, fucking shock tactics like we will just fucking keep running are you running are you running are you running are you running you and eventually we're going to break you down eventually you're not going to have a man there um but i think with tiago particularly the way he sits back like you were saying last week Callum, people have to come to him if you're going to stop him you're going to need to come to him and that's going to create space and then tiago can find it and to be yeah. fair fabinho has got like a nice little looping pass from back to front on him as well so i think that's just going to He's going to change the way that we can play um, because he thinks of the game in a more developed way, which, to be honest, Barcelona seem to teach very well to their young players. I mean, you look at Messi, Messi's on a different fucking level. I mean, I know he's an exceptional talent, but you've got Messi, you had Xavi, you had Iniesta, you had all of these players that came through, had that ability to see everything that's going on around them. And I think Thiago's with that, and he's got the skill set both offensively and defensively, to thrive in the Premier League, so I'm happy, man. I got a weird question for everyone. I don't know why it's popped up in my head before we move on to the next the next thing. Yeah. Fabian Barthez, right? <laughs> my guy, I love that yeah. guy, man. <laughs> this is my question, yeah. So he he strikes me as the goalkeeper who he could play football, but he was a shit footballer, basically. Let's put it yeah. that I'm not talking about a goalkeeper, I'm talking about a footballer. Do you think he was a bit too advanced for his time? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're looking at keepers, like, who can play football, looking for that keeper who wants to get the ball. Because you used to do some mad crave turns, you know, some yeah, yeah, yeah. some serious crave turns, yeah, in, in dangerous times, innit? It didn't always pull off, but, I mean, like, if we're looking at the goalkeepers nowadays and stuff like that, I don't know why this popped into my head. He suits that. Do you get what I'm saying? Because under pressure, he, he, he he's yeah. a bit I'm more... All... yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the thing that I would say, and this is only from my recollection, I've not watched any footage of him recently, so I might be way <laughs> off base. And like, I'm probably remembering more like the highlight reel of dumb shit he did <laughs> more than his actual. But from my point of view, I seem to remember he was more, um, the, we would run out, his focus was solely on the ball. And I yeah, think yeah. that would be the thing that held him back. Yeah, because yeah. he was never, when he got in trouble, it's because he didn't know what was happening around him. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, you had the crow turning him, but you need to have that time to see somebody to do the crow turn first. I've that seen turn, yeah, the ball taken off him like easy peasy because he's yeah, doing yeah, some no, that's, dumbness. That's so. the problem, and that's what a lot of United fans like. You know, that's what me personally, I only speak myself. That's what I used to get annoyed about. That's why I've never been a fan of goalkeepers doing a madness. Like I'm, I've never. But, but like you said, the game's changing. People are doing different yeah. things. You know, managers are looking for uh, keepers who can play football, and unfortunately, if you can't play football, you know, it's not going to work. Basically, it's as simple as that. Right. So, moving on. Obviously, sorry, mate. Just wanted to yeah. come back on a quick point from um, from Ben about um, uh, Christensen and his kind of awareness and stuff like that. I think we mentioned it a few times on the podcast about like what makes a good defender. You know, like the art of defending, all that oh, kind of okay. stuff. We talked about it a few times. And we talked about players like, say, John Terry, 
who didn't have the greatest pace in the world. Or, you know, you, there's loads of examples you could give, but that's the first one that comes to mind because he was so good, but had such bad attributes to his game from a sense of, for example, pace, right? But the, I think Christensen is a perfect example of the, the, the awareness, like Ben said, but the, um, the mental strength needed in combination with that. And what I mean is, when you look at the example of Mane's, um, of the red card when Mane burst through him, you can see that Christensen physically in space, he didn't know where to be, but mentally he didn't know where to be either. And it was like, if that was Terry, like I'm not saying Terry's perfect and I know I'm looking at it through roasting a glass and whatever, but I can imagine a player like Terry would have maybe dropped off one or two yards and allowed Mane to make that to make that run, but to be ahead of him in that run so that if the ball was played through, he, he had a better chance of getting it or he, he at least didn't have to foul him the way that he did, basically. Um, so I think that's that's the biggest detriment to Christensen's game. And I don't know if it will ever change, to be honest. Um, and that ability to have, like they always say, don't they, having like wing mirrors and knowing exactly where, where everyone is, creating that picture. You know, like one of my favourite players, well, you already mentioned Iniesta, Ben, um, players like Modric as well. Um, yeah. like they're all that, that kind of ability you, you mentioned uh, Alisson playing in the field I think Edison as well right everyone always yeah. says a lot of the City players Edison could play in centre midfield um, yeah. Neuer as well yeah Neuer they always said that about that bad. yeah 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 Neuer's another one as well he's, yeah. he's got attackers on the ball like even sometimes when I've watched obviously I don't watch them that often but when I've seen like the highlight reels and stuff like that, I'm like, bro, you can't be doing things like that, man. That that kind of it makes your stomach turn, but he executes it perfectly. You get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That and um, that awareness. Sorry, Dave. Just one last thing. Is that awareness. Um, I remember reading about a month ago, and um, some guy did a um a study into what makes players so good, right? And I can't remember if I mentioned it on the pod, but he basically it was awareness. It was, you know, like when you see Zidane having so much time on the pitch, mm-hmm. on so much time on the ball right in the middle of the pitch where everyone else would be crowded out. He has suddenly five or ten yards of space from nowhere. And that's that that. So many of those top, top players can do that. And that's what that study found. He looked at, um, I think Frank Lampard was one of the players that used to do it. You know, you could go through loads of different players, but... Um, it was that ability to be on the swivel, have your head on the swivel, constantly checking behind you and positioning yourself accordingly. And I think from right, like as we're discussing it now, keepers have to think that way all the way through from the back of the team, all the way through to the strikers at the front. You have to have that awareness. And if you don't, you're getting found out today. And it goes 100%. back to something yeah. on, how, on how the game has evolved. Yeah, that's what I think. I think as well, sorry, just to add one more thing. I know we want to move on, but just I think as well that awareness goes to knowing yourself, your ability and how you need to play off that. So I remember with John Terry, like he always seemed to do, particularly for somebody who was quite slow, a lot of like last man, last ditch defending. Yeah. But that suited his style. Whereas you had Roberto Carvalho. Yes. who was a lot more classy, a lot more almost Italian in that style of reading the game, and he would step forward. So you could have Carvalho stepping forward and doing really well and knowing what he was doing. And you had Terry being the last man, you know, like, you're like, oh, my God, chance on goal. Oh, Terry's, how the fuck did that slow-ass motherfucker yeah. get there? Yeah. Um, but I think that's the thing with Christensen. I think with Christensen's skill set, he's got that kind of classy defender build, that classy defender play, but he needs to now if he can get it, get that positive mentality in terms of he needs to go get the ball mm. and then he can't be in positions. That's the issue. Like Christensen versus Mane, Mane is always winning. Yeah. 99 times out of 100, like you need to, as a defender, as a player nowadays in this game, put yourself in a position where you are effective because you can't allow, you can't let the other team pick that position for you. Yeah. If the other, if the opposition's picking where they're playing the ball, where they're playing the game, you're already losing the battle. And I think that's where people like Christensen need to go, right, where can I make a difference and actually go to the ball and stand five feet further forward and that kind of thing. Um, I would say he's a young lad, but he's not like he's 26 now. Isn't he? yeah. <laughs> he's one of them Lingards that like, catches up with you. <laughs> Should know better. Right, moving on. Um, obviously, the next, <laughs> the big topic of the weekend was Man United's nonsensical bullshit. 
Yeah, that <laughs> oh, are we doing that? Let me just yeah, yeah, I'll just... <laughs> I just want to see what you guys have to say because I spent over the over the weekend obviously on the day I wasn't annoyed or irritated or anything like that. I expected it, innit? Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't expect us I didn't expect us to play like that. Maybe I didn't necessarily expect a loss. Nobody expects a loss, but I just didn't think the day would turn out the way that it did, innit? Do you know what I mean? So but I've, you know, I've listened to a lot of people speak. I've heard so much and stuff like that. You know, I read a lot of articles and uh, and whatnot. But I want to hear what your opinion on it is and what do you think happened on that day? Obviously, we lost because I know Ben's probably thinking of all the jokes he could possibly come out with. I know we lost on the day, but what do you think has happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you think has happened and what what's your opinion on it? Without being biased, let's I'll start off with Callum this time. Uh, what do I think has happened? Um, team selection plays its part. I don't know why Wambasaka didn't start. What, I, think he he was, I think he's, uh, he was ill. It's corona, I think, so he was isolating. Uh, that's what I heard, but it, it, he wasn't fit for the game now. Ah, okay, because I've heard lots of people asking the same question in the last couple of days, so I was just wondering what the deal was. Um, if he obviously was not fit, then fair enough, but if for whatever reason he could have played, I think that was literally, like, that was his game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, putting him against Zaha, he knows him right out. People say that Aaron Wan-Bissaka became a right-back because of what he did in training against mm-hmm. Zaha at Palace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, whether it was, you know, whether he could or couldn't play, it's a real shame that he didn't play, because I think that would have had a massive impact on the game. Um, energy, uh, um, athleticism, um, proactivity, um, there are so many words that come into my mind. Yeah. Palace, Palace outdid United on most of them, um, and effect, and that's what that's what wins you games at the end of the day when you put it all together. Um, I think. Well, Ben's smiling, and I don't like his smile. <laughs> <laughs> I, can see, I can see you in the corner of my eye with a massive grin. <laughs> <laughs> Say, carry on. Um, I'm just waiting my turn, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't watch 100% of the game. I was I caught most of it, but um, from what I did see, um, Alex just wanted it more, man. I don't know what was happening. I don't know what they, they just gelled more. They don't get me wrong. There was a little bit of luck on both sides. Van der Van der Beek had his um, had his slice of luck as well. Good, good finish when it did come to him, but the actual ball getting to him was um, obviously involving a bit of luck um I don't really know what to what to make of United because I don't know how it's going to change if that makes sense no, I, makes I don't I, I don't know what to what to input or what to give because I don't it's, it's, it's a complex one it's a very complex one and I'm and it's weird it's weird to see how well you guys did at the end of last year oh, yeah. um I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come to that one. I'm gonna rip that one apart as well. Go on, Daisy. Like, you Let's see what you're saying. You want to give you a quick view on that? I just wanted to say, like, you were what eight at some point last season before before you went on your run. Yeah, before going on a good run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you did eight. We weren't eighth. I think we were like sixth or something stupid like that. We was we was. Because the way it worked was that everybody was like two points or three points behind each other. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. We were fifth. We were fifth because, yeah, because because what was happening is like to get into top four, it was always like two points and we were behind you lot. We were behind you for time. And every single time you guys got, every time we got close to Chelsea, Mm. we lost the game. Like when it was an easy game, we lost the game and we couldn't get above you. Mm. I think it was fifth place that we was in for a very long time or something in and out in and about fifth is fifth and but you had a good run that took you up to third if eventually right I'll, I'll rip that one into bits in a second oh, right. i'm interested go for yeah. it i'm so confused so there's numbers in the league below four oh. <laughs> that's the thing now i don't like so it. this is the thing on a serious point of view the reason why i was grinning is because what i find funny is that you were like Worried about me cussing Man United, whereas Man United, don't get me wrong, and Chelsea, like they're both a rival. So Man United is more the historic rival. Chelsea is more the one I grew up with. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of like a friendly, you know, like I enjoy Like I, I wouldn't want you guys to be out of the league. Like I need you there. I want you losing. 
<laughs> but I need to be strong enough that it means something yeah, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my biggest bugbear in that stadium is fucking Roy Hodgson, who I hate with a passion. Yeah. I've got no redeeming feature for him. Really? Um, yeah, man. Ponceski oh, at left back, are you fucking dumb? <laughs> you think that is a Liverpool standard? Paulson. <laughs> Paulson in midfield. We got Fabinho now, and you're playing <laughs> Paulson. Jesus. Um, in a different time, Ben. Give the guy. Yeah, a yeah. my man's like seventy. Try to replace Alonso and Mascherano with fucking Paulson, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. So like, this is the thing, and it's going to be a bit of a, a weird answer. Um. But. So first of all, let's talk about Crystal Palace and let's talk about Roy Hodgson, because I think that, you know, it's important to keep these people inside of it. And I think what Roy Hodgson is very good at is building a solid tactic. Um, And so his team knows what they're playing. They play their positions. And what I mean by that is like if you play left wing for um, Roy Hodgson, it's what you would get from a coaching manual, what left back, you know, their left back plays like a left back, their centre back plays like. So beginning of the season they're always going to play better while other teams, so Liverpool at the moment look a bit shonky in places because they're building that system back up and making sure they know where people are moving and all of that stuff. Whereas I think Hodgson has an advantage in the way he manages in the first few games of the season because he's just sending players out with a clear idea of what they've got in their head. Taking it to the Man United side, so we spoke last season quite a lot about, particularly towards the end, about how you seem to found your team as in your 11. Like, Man United have an 11. Maybe you would improve one or two players, but you've got the 11. And this season should have been about building that squad. you got in Van der Beek, who looks like a good signing, but he's one body through the door. And I think it's a difficult one because it was a bad result and I don't think you played particularly well. But over the course of the season, I would expect you to have had three or four of these based on the team you had going in and the lack of transfer activity. So right now, because three it's... Four, three or four of those types of incoming players? No, three or four of those results. Hey, I, oh, right. Higher. Yeah, so this is the thing. So it, it might feel worse because it's the first game. That's the only thing that has happened to Man United this season. You've had that one. Now, don't get me wrong. If the next four games you play are similar results, then you get worried but if you don't have another result like that for another 10, 11 games, like, we know when you look back at the season, you're like, there's 38 games. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you have four bad ones based on the team that you've got and the, I would argue, lack of investment in the in the team when it's needed, if one of them just happens to be on the first day of the season, it just happens to be on the first day of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a difficult one. You can't, it's one of those things that's difficult to judge until a few more games have been played to see whether that's actually the level that you're playing at or whether that was just an abnormality because it's first day of the season and your guys weren't ready yet. See, this is the thing, right? So the reason why I ask you guys to give your opinion first is because I feel like Man United has a lot of problems, right? So again, like I said, I've read a lot of things, heard a lot of things and stuff like that. And this is my conclusion on the whole thing. Not even a conclusion, it's an ongoing investigation. Let's, let's put it that way. The, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, yeah, my, my thing is that I get what you're saying. First game of the season, all that jazz and uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, Man United have got too many problems. Certain clubs have problems. They have issues. So usually a lot of people would go, right, you know what? We need to fix that area. And usually you'd see things will start to get better in it. But with Man United, there are too many medi- medium problems and they're not getting resolved. So, for example, right, the board is a problem we all know that everyone can see it everybody can see it whether you're an ex-united player whether you're a fan uh whether you're um you know you're you're not a fan you're one of the rival teams everybody can see that the board is a problem the next thing is ed everybody can see ed is making stupid mistakes he's made loads of stupid mistakes yes he's good at the job of you know bringing in the business and making the money cool you know all respects we we rate that happy days and whatnot but when it comes to footballing decisions it's poor but everybody can see it. Um, even down to like, right, so the, when it comes down to the manager, I, as I said, I, I've always said this, I'm 50-50 in it, but I'm starting to lean more on the side of, I don't think Oli is good enough to manage United. I think it's too much of a big, can he get better at the job? Yeah, maybe, that's true. Right now, can, is he do it? Can he take 
Man United to the next level? I really don't think so. Last, I think last week I said that you know I'm buying into the, I'm buying into him because of the type of players he wants to bring in and stuff like that and whatnot. The problem now I have is outside of that, you know, outside of the whole press conference, outside of the whole conversations, outside of you know playing on 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 game days and stuff like that. Bro, you're the manager. You are the person who needs to go to the board or whoever it is control of uh, recruitment and say. I need these players. If you do not get me... This is why I rated Mourinho to a certain degree. Mourinho don't give a shit. If you don't bring my players, I'm going to embarrass your whole damn squad. I'm going to embarrass your whole damn... I'm going to embarrass your team, period. Does it work? No, it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, he gets sacked. But it opens up It opens up everyone's eyes. When he came out last time and he was like, bro, I'm not... Bro, we need centre-backs. We, I said this to my mate, yeah. I was like, bro, we've been chasing centre-backs since Fergie left. That's how long we've been yeah. That's a good seven, eight years that we've been looking for centre-backs. And yet, we still have not invested in good ones. Do you get what I'm saying? The only one that we invested in, uh, we invested in Bailly. Bailly's good, injury-prone. But the yeah. other one is, is Maguire. And he's looking to have a stinker again this season. Now, everyone's saying first game. That team yesterday, I was thinking about it this morning. That team, I mean, not yesterday, on the weekend. That team on the weekend... Yeah, fair enough, granted, everyone's tired and blah, blah, blah. To me, that's all excuses, but, you know, I'll, I'll take that. No, I'll take it on board. I'll yeah, say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But that team yesterday, even at the fact that got a shit defence and Crystal Palace scored three goals, with the attack that we had, we should have outscored them. That game should have ended at least 5-3. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that, that's what should have happened, and it didn't. Now, who do you blame? I can't blame the players. I've seen them guys play. You know, at the top of top brass, you know, I've seen them at their best, in it. Oli, as I said to you before, I said, yeah, fine, first game, all that stuff. Oli, Oli doesn't have. I'll be a blunt about it. He doesn't have tactical awareness. It's it's, it's trash. Anyways, <laughs> I think he's going away for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he hasn't uh, he hasn't got the um, tactical awareness. So when I'm looking at that game yesterday. I'm thinking to myself, nothing has changed from last season. Like, literally yeah, yeah. nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is that it's just that we've brought in one more player. Yes, we do need more players, but the style of play doesn't actually work. Another thing that a lot of fans are bringing up and stuff like that as well is the fact that, um, you know, we we always do well about uh, against, you know, the top six teams. Yes, we do. As I said in the group chat when we were talking... You know, the only reason why we do good against the six, uh, uh, against the top teams and stuff like that is because they attack. It's really easy to beat yeah, Man United. Yeah. It's not that hard. We play counter football. Everybody knows that. We have speed. Everybody knows that. So what these smaller teams do, which they're so good at, and which I'm not taking credit away from Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace played amazing. Zaha should not be playing for Crystal Palace. He is on a different level compared to that team. But it's so easy to beat us. We play a counter-attacking football. So when we come against these smaller teams who now want to do exactly the same thing, they're going to put 11 man behind the ball. As yeah. you said in that game, yeah, our defensive line was sitting on the midfield, as was sitting in midfield, which made no sense to me when you've got someone like Ayu and, and Zaha, who's got blistering pace. And then yeah. our setbacks are, are Lindelof and, and, what's his name? and Maguire. That yeah. makes sense. And people will go, yeah, yeah, but he's got tactics. And I'm thinking, bruv, are you are you nuts? I wouldn't. I haven't got bad coaching badges. I wouldn't do that. I play FM. I wouldn't do that on FM. It yeah, doesn't yeah. make no sense. Do you get what I'm saying? I think so. There's there's two things that I want to pick up that you said. First of all, I apologise if I have said it incorrectly. So when I say talking about the first game of the season and to be expected is what I mean is not necessarily... So with... Solskjaer and I like Solskjaer but I think he's only an interim he's a good person to get the club back to a level he, he's, he's steady and then have someone then move on kind of thing but what I mean by the first game of the season is like with Solskjaer in charge he isn't the most tactical manager with the team that you've got you need to expect to lose some games now that's difficult to do because as a fan you want to win everything but if you look at it with the lack of tactics, with your probably over-defensive like play style of play, with OGS in charge, you're going to lose some of these games. Oh, we're going to lose a lot of these games. And this is the thing, like I don't know whether it's going to be a massive thing because we've only got a sample size of one at the moment, haven't you? You've just played the one game. No, 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 so, no. See, this this is my point. This is so. This is the point that I was trying to make to you is that yeah, yes, we've played that one game, but it's only been a month since the last game. Was Sevilla? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's no difference that we've played it's the same style it's the same it's like but, it's like the yeah, last yeah. so just to pick up on on what callum was saying earlier on about we had a good run and stuff like that again for me what i don't know how many of them games that you watch but a lot of those games were we were lucky i think we drew against west ham or or something like that and i was like bro i don't understand you were firing we were scoring like four odd goals four or five goals and we came back or something like that per game and then all of a sudden yeah. it dropped to now scraping for goals so i look at it and i go well not much has actually changed from a month ago to now this is exactly what i'm saying mm. nothing's changed so you're gonna have to put up as a fan base well, I, not, this is so what, you, exactly you what i'm saying when we take the L, I I smile because I'm like, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. because when we take the L, the same. Listen, at the end of the day, that, and that's why I'm kind of happy. I think when that loss happened, I wasn't that bothered because I was like, I was looking forward to the week because I was like, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen now. I want to see what people are gonna say. And apparently, Gary Neville's come out. Um, Evra again. Like, if you guys haven't seen the video, watch it. Evra came out and kind of spilled his heart out a little bit and was like, well, I don't say a little bit, but quite a lot after his comments about. Um, Zaha and and uh, David Moyes' daughter and that. <laughs> shit boy. Uh, he, he's come out and he and he said he said um, he said quite a lot actually and he was talking about the Glazers he was talking about you know who's destroying the club he's talking about signings and all that stuff and whatnot and for everything that he was saying I was like it makes perfect sense and I, and I think the club needs to realize that Rod you know what these we can't just walk over these fans and all over yeah. the world but that we can't just walk over. We need to actually do something about it. So um, this is as well the second thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, you're talking at the beginning, like where your problems lie, and you listed a bunch of them. It's one. It's at the top. It's, it's as simple as that. Like I know you've got other problems. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, if you look at football clubs that have success, it is because their board members or their owners or whatever the club structure the the club is mm-hmm. know what they're doing. So yeah. Liverpool are doing well. Because we've got owners who they know the commercial side, they've helped boost that, they've helped boost the revenue, they've got more money into the club. But they specifically went out and hired Edwards because they didn't get the football side of it. Mm. So anything football related, they leave to Edwards. This is Edwards, they've got like 20 million for fucking Solanke and like 15 million for Jordan Ives. So he knows what he's doing. It's about putting those pieces in place. You can look at Chelsea and Chelsea, you can literally, like if you wanted to do a graph, you could show where Chelsea have got good people in footballing positions and their level of success. And when they've changed people, chopped and changed, and they've changed directors or whatever, and then you have a dip because you need to have that structure in place. Like the manager at the end of the day, like you said, Oli needs to fight for transfers, but he shouldn't have to. It should be in a position where he has sat down in a meeting with somebody and they're like, right, how do we work together to fill the gaps in your team? He should need to go beg like, I mean, I know, you know, he can't get greedy and stuff like that. But we oh, have it at Liverpool. Klopp sits down with Edwards. And <clears throat> the scouts and other people, like there's a group of like five or six people. And they have a conversation as peers. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the whole club just being like, how do we make the team better? It shouldn't have to be the manager going, and, 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 pulling on coattails, like, please, sir, can I have a bit more pocket money? Like, this, is, this is the thing. And, and as I said to you, as I said at the beginning... We have too many problems. That's 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 the whole issue with Man United. And you're right, it is the top. That's that's the first. That's the first. But like, so this is the thing. So you mentioned Ed as a problem. But if your owners knew what they were doing, they would have Ed as commercial director, and that's it. He's yeah, phenomenal. That. Think... He's the best in the world at that. But he can't run that football club, and we can see that because we can check your league position for the last five, I, six, seven years. I said this before, and I, and I said this before. I can't remember if we said this in a podcast. I said it in the group chat. I was like, the Glazers, the Glazers need to be a little bit smarter as well to be like, look, you know what? On the pitch, it's not working well. They're the only people that need to make that decision about Ed, because Ed, Ed turning around yeah. and speaking to people and saying, oh, we need, a, uh, I'm gonna have a look at getting a, fo- uh, a football director or sporting director or whatnot. That's not. That's not your decision. Did you, where did you come from to make that decision? That's not up to you. That's up to the Glazers. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah, yeah. To them to do it. But going off what you said, the reason why I don't think that happened is because I don't know what Ed is doing, but Ed must be doing some serious things in the office here. Yeah. <laughs> he must be doing some serious things in the office here. Yeah. Do yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? To be able to start running that club anyhow he wants to run it. 
But as I said to you, yeah, there's, there's, I think right now for United, right, a lot of fans need to, you know, keep the energy up. I don't know the energy is mad. Everyone's on Glazers. Everyone's on bare things. In terms of, you know, Oli, again, you know, at the moment, do what you're doing and whatnot. I don't think the tactical awareness is there or anything like that. But is that something he's going to learn? I don't know. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Slowly. Yes. It's not going to be quick enough, I think. It's a thing. He needs a plan B because all this attacking football and all this, you know, everyone just run like headless chickens. It, it doesn't make no sense. It, it doesn't work. Um, do you get what I'm saying? So we just have to kind of see how it goes. Again, today, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is people will say, yeah, you're a bad supporter. Bro, take the L. Because when we take the L, yeah. things like this happen. Things move. People start thinking, bro. And again, as I said to you, like Ed, Ed needs to come into question. People need to start asking Ed the question. Uh, it's all well and good people saying Oli is not tactical, all this stuff and whatnot. All those ex-players like Gary Neville and all them man there, like what produ- whatever it did, you need to start asking people like Ed the questions. Bro, what are you doing? What is your plan? Because whatever you've been doing for the last eight years has not worked. It hasn't whatsoever, but you know, take every. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things, and just uh, add a couple more fucking whips of the. Um, I don't think Ed should have to. If Ed is doing his job, he shouldn't have to explain what he's doing. What he should job? be able. To, so if Ed is doing a job of, uh, he's director of whatever he is. But if he's effectively yeah. running Man United, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. And I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but he yeah. shouldn't have to explain because you as a fan should be able to look at the club, look oh, at what yeah, the club 100%. is doing and go, I, so I've never, I don't think I've ever heard Edwards talk, yeah. but I know what he's doing. I know where his head's at because I can see it in every transfer dealing, like every deal that we sign, or everything. I'm like, I know where this club is heading. And like, this is why I was calm. People were losing their shit. This summer, Liverpool fans, like, we haven't brought anyone. We've only got Costas. It's left back. No one's ever heard of. Like, what we do, what we doing? And I'm just saying, like, it's either going to happen now or it's going to happen later, but we're going to get somebody so, in. And there's no point in forcing it. No, and in three what, days, <laughs> we got Thiago and Jota. And it's like... happened with the way that you man done transfers and, and the way Chelsea done it. Even Arsenal as well, to a certain degree. It's smooth, isn't it? It's like shit. You know what? We're struggling yeah. in areas. Bang, bang, bang. Whereas... With Man United, again, if Ed is director of everything, of life, then you kind of have to look at him and go, bro, what? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what, you know, where are you going wrong? What? And again, again, if we go further up, the Glazers should be coming in and looking at their investment and going, why? So, for example, I, I take this for example, right? In the last press conference, I think uh, Oli had a conversation. I didn't watch it, but um, I was hearing about it. A conversation came up about um, they're not happy with the social media backlash that they're getting from fans and so on and so forth and stuff like that now man united is has this big thing about social media you know what you know how many numbers have we got blah 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 because it helps the commercial side of it so i'm sitting there thinking in this meeting do you guys not sit there and think why are people doing this or as the ceo or as the owner of this club do you not turn around and go to ed and say okay cool you know we're hot topic we're clickbait basically man united is clickbait regardless of this yeah. Right, why is everyone having a negative spin on it? What are you doing to make this positive? I'm not just talking about words. I'm talking about actions. Because as I said to you, that's why I asked you guys in the beginning of your own opinion. Everybody knows what's going on at Man United. The only people that don't seem to know is Ed or the Glazers. It's up on that section where there's a big, massive... There must be a big, massive uh, 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 miscommunication. Do you get what I'm saying? But, you know... I'm going to be honest. but in terms of so i'm always there like if i can't work out what a company's product is so like uh, essentially man united are selling football to man united fans and they put a team in and you buy the shirt you buy the ticket you buy the subscription like all of that stuff that's what you're doing you're you're selling a product of football they said man united are paying a are charging a premium for you to have not a product of football nothing that the fans want is getting done so at which point if you can't see the product that you're paying for you're the product yeah yeah and i think that's the issue with man united man united isn't about selling football to man united fans man united has become about selling man united fans to whatever fucking company will pay money for them and i think that's the issue until you start and it's, it's a terrible thing to like say but until man united fans start switching off their tvs 
And then it's getting called into meetings, like, how come our viewing figures are down by half? Listen, I That's, remember once, you know, nothing's yeah, going to happen. A Man United fan called into MUTV and then shouted out Glazers out, and they cut him off. <laughs> 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 and I was like, shit, bruv. But yeah, no, that's, uh, but you know, that's, that's United for you, man. You know, the same thing is going to be happening for a while. And so maybe this weekend has changed something. I highly doubt it. But, you know, what? we'll see. We'll probably be saying this shit when we get smacked by Brighton as well. So mm. it is what it is. But moving on, um, another last topic today. Hey, John, on United, mate. Was, sorry about before, guys. Some waste man was at the door. Uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> um, just quickly, yeah, I, I think we talked about it before, Ben, when we were just doing the, um, the audio podcast about um, the problems at Arsenal kind of at the, right at the beginning of the year. Um, we were talking about how when you look at Liverpool, you see them as like one entity moving in one direction. And we, we used Arsenal at that time as an example of like nobody knew what was going on. You know, Emery was in charge. All players were doing all sorts of madness, whatever. And I think... It kind of follows on from what you were saying about it starts at the top in that when you see when you see the product of something and it seems effortless, you, as in like no news is good news kind of thing, yeah. um, that, that's when you know that it's going right. And when you look at Man United of, part, of past, when you had, you know, Ferguson in charge of the actual football side, you had David Gill in charge of, you know, the finances and operations and all that kind of stuff. And then you have like oh, whoever was above David Gill, the shareholders and all that kind of stuff. Those people, maybe, you know, maybe like Ferguson was clearly not born a Man United fan, but you could see his love and his passion yeah, for yeah. it, right? When I look, saying. Yeah, when I look at Liverpool now, you have Peter Moore, the CEO. He is a Liverpool fan. When you see that man talk about Liverpool Football Club, you're like shit. This guy actually, like, he actually gives a shit. Like, he's trying to improve that club. Mike Edwards lets his actions do all the talking. Like Ben said, we don't even hear a word from him, but his actions speak enough. And then obviously, don't need to say anything about Jurgen Klopp. But right, from, the point being that right from the top, all the way through to the players playing on the pitch, you have that like that single entity, that single driving force towards a common goal. For us, like exactly like Ben said, the the number of times that we've been frustrated as Chelsea fans, like seeing the club effectively like hurt itself by making bad decisions at the top of the tree, is is so frustrating to see. I've like been there. Obviously, Man United is a different, a kind of a different beast because of what Man United is. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we have, you know, like no one can really question Abramovich's loyalty to the club or you know, passion to back the club, anything like that. No one can do that. And now below him, we have Marina, then we have um, Czech, Petr Czech, and now we have Lampard. And that clear definition of a, like, a, it's like a, in on the pitch, you get your spine, yeah, spine. You get your spine right, and that's and everything just follows through smoothly. And we've literally demonstrated that this transfer window. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? There's no, it's effortless. Um, that's, so that's what I think Man United's problem is, but I don't know how that's going to change. Oh, mate. That's the thing. I just, can I just quickly pick up just one thing from that? Um, so you mentioned when we did the audio podcast, which is still available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on uh, we're on Amazon now, aren't we? Amazon, Amazon Music, Jesus. Chris, However... Chris, <laughs> But just to let you all know, if you are listening via audio sources, we are now doing it on YouTube so you can see our faces. It's worth coming on and subscribing just to see Deji's reactions, (laughs) like his facial tics whenever certain people get mentioned. (laughs) We can't forget the backgrounds. Yeah, the backgrounds. There, there will be like um jokes in the backgrounds moving forward. I'm sure. I expect at some point to see David Louise behind my face. <laughs> yeah, I made a promise to I made a promise to um uh, D as well. So, uh, fuck Arsenal still. Um, you might have still did. Uh, continue to make up shit. I made a promise to him that I was gonna rip into the minute. So, had Yo, to do guys, that. please what one week when us when David Louise messes up. Can we all put David Luiz as our background? 100%. Starts and yeah. D logs on. He just sees David Luiz. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, going off, going off on what um, what you said, yeah, about Man United changing. It's not. I, I, 
listen, I'm going to be very honest with you. You know, we can put hashtag Glazers out and all that stuff. But all that stuff don't matter, bruv. These men are not going to... Let's be realistic. It's not like they're going to go, oh, shit, 20 million people put hashtag Glazers out. Let's let's pack our bags and go. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by I don't know what's going to change. It's down down to them to me. This is the thing. Sorry to cut you off, but this is the thing. If Glazers out, it's trending. I bet you anything... Man United are trending too. Mm. Yeah. Because people are going to be like, talk, they're talking about Man United, they have hashtag lasers out. Mm. So this is the issue. Like, the only thing I think that is going to change Man United is if there's nothing. Yeah. If nope. Twitter stops, if it drops significantly, if Twitter stops talking about Man United, it, if. It can't. It can't happen. And the reason why it can't happen is. I know, you're fucked, basically. Man United, you can have. You can have on one weekend, yeah, um, Bournemouth smack Chelsea 6-0. Something stupid like that, innit? Kalechi's so burning that. right now. <laughs> yeah, 6-0. Yeah. <laughs> you can have that. But Man United lose 1-0 to Brighton or something, that becomes news for whatever reason. All of a sudden, it becomes Ed. All of a sudden, it becomes Glazers. And then you forget about the 6-0 smacking. And that's the problem. And it's never going to stop. It's just always going to be like that. But you know what? Let's move on to the last subject of the day. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of teams, um, a lot of the smaller teams. I don't know if you guys would agree. A lot of the smaller teams are starting to pick up a lot of high-profile players. Maybe not the highest, but they're picking up one, two players who can do a little bit of damage. Um, so today, I thought, you know, what we'll do is maybe on going forward, what we might bring you guys is looking at a lot of the so-called smaller teams and picking out players that maybe one of our guys could have picked up uh, for the performance. And one of the ones um, I think we should start off this week is Everton. Um, obviously, they picked up, you know, fantastic midfielders in um, Allen. So Allen, I, I've watched a couple of, I've watched the first two Everton games. I ain't really seen Allen do too much like that. But they picked up James and, uh, well, James, Rodriguez and um, Decore. Is it Decore? Yeah. yeah. It's Decore as well. Them two are on a different level. That is beautiful signings for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When I watch, um, I think Everton and West Brom, mate, I'm not going to say, there's one pass here that Hammers made here. I, I had to, I dropped on the floor. I fell off my chair. <laughs> that bro, that pass was fantastic. Curler <laughs> would have been proud of that pass. I'm not getting too excited everyone, before everyone starts losing it. But, yeah, no, no, it was fantastic, man. But, yeah, man. I think they, I think they are moving in the right direction with them three. So I think, uh, I think we spoke about it in the first week, and they they bought a midfield, and it's a balanced midfield. Like that's what they've done. They've gone out, and it's interesting you picked up on Allen. Allen is one of those midfielders. So obviously he used to play for Napoli. So played Liverpool a couple of times. You're not really going to notice what he does until the opposition starts playing well, and then he is fucking on you. Like he's one of those like foot in like your players will be falling down when Man United are playing Everton and your midfield is all lying on the floor that was Alan (laughs) (laughs) like but they balance it so well like he is so good at that you've got the Corey who is like a great box-to-box like he's almost like Pogba you just want to just let him be yeah just do your thing and uh James Rodriguez is just his football like we were talking earlier in the show um it's about having that footballing brain and like he sees everybody on the pitch at all times and he sees the space, he sees the gaps. Um, it's quite funny actually because if you look at his stats for Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, he actually, his stats are fucking phenomenal. Like people are like, oh, what's he done for years? And like, if you look at his stats, they're good. He just didn't get the game time. Yeah, I, I overrated. Oh. I admit, I, I overrated him. Oh no, sorry, no, I didn't overrate him. Underrated so him, I, yeah. I thought he was um, overrated to be fair. Like I actually... Oh, he just... For me, like, don't get me wrong, like, there will be certain games, like, if he's playing against a team that has a really tight low block, he might have trouble finding that, but I think he's going to light up the Premier League this season. Yeah, he, he played sick. Callum, anything? Um, ben, what, how do you feel talking about an Everton... I'm quite happy with Everton at the moment because they got rid of uh, that snake, Marco Silva. <laughs> so they've got they've got like a brief period of they brought some good players to the Premier League. Um so I'm quite chill at the moment. Okay. Give me a few games and then it will start to wear down and uh we'll wait for the Liverpool derby the Mersey derby yeah then we'll yeah, see. Yeah yeah that's an interesting game though. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Be good. Yeah. No I, um no I mean like you ask any um 
fan of football, but specifically fan of Chelsea out there, and um, they will only have good words to say about Carlo Ancelotti, first and foremost. I think the guy is well-respected. That guy. Oh. Yeah, that guy won an FA Cup, Premier League, got set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will we'll leave that one there. Um, but like, I just saw his fucking spirit crumple like a crisp packet there, man. <laughs> that was his Callum's. He was at his inflow. He was looking off wistfully when he started Ancelotti, and you're like, fine. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> No, like it kind of does go back to what we were saying before about having that structure from the top of the club going right down that spine. And I think that Ancelotti has kind of brought that to Everton. He might have completed a large part of that spine. Obviously, we we can't say how long he's going to be at Everton for or anything along those lines at this point in time. But um, I do believe that there are certain managers out there when you hear their name, you, one, respect it, two, want to fight for it as um, managers like Klopp and kind of like Lampard is starting to show now his 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 draw for players to want to come and play for him. Um, and I think Ancelotti is like arguably at the top of that list to be able to bag players like Hammers um, just shows his draw. Um, and I think that, yeah, like, um, like, like we said, they basically bought a midfield, a well-balanced machine that can work almost like I I get the feeling that Ancelotti almost has to do nothing with them in training because it's like you have and you're like Alan you know your job Sakura you know your job Hammers just do your thing and now let me let me concentrate on building players like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison and building our uh, wing backs and teaching them you know how to play the game that centre mid that kind of engine room of your team that's done just let, uh, let them do done, their thing. He's done a good job with, um, as you said, like Wooden, you know, the other players in terms of Calvert Lewin. Yeah, Calvert Lewin, yeah. Calvert Lewin, yeah. I think he's done a good job because, you know, in the last two games that I've watched, mate, he, he's uh, near enough a perfect number nine. Do you know what I mean? Fox yeah. is kind of player. I was just like, I was quite amazed. I was like, especially when you've got someone like Hammers, you know, dinking it into you and stuff like that. He, mm. You know, then opportunities are going to come front. And I think. Um, you know, the question goes out. You know, is Everton a dark horse? You know, are they are they are they in line? Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? I think so. I think so. Like, don't get me wrong. For um, I am in no way saying that Ancelotti doesn't have to do anything with his midfield. What I was saying was going back to the effortlessness mm. of having that that kind of smooth transition from defence to attack. That is a massive. Like that is not uh, in his thoughts in terms of his focus and where he needs to, to focus on building. That's basically what I was saying. So um, I think, to be honest, there's, there's two things in there. And there's one um, is that, so we spoke about the tail end of last season, like Man United have a good team and they have a team for, if you're just on paper as a single tactic, we're not talking about changing it. Man United now have a team and you saw it when Bruno came in, it just let everybody play their positions. And I think you've got with that midfield, you've kind of got them coming in and it allows everybody around them to just play their position. So Calvin Lewin is doing better yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's not having to drop deep anymore. He's not having to do things that weren't outside of his role yeah. um, to try and, because you've got it, you know, it's just like you focus on that. Hamas will do this bit. And then I think as well, it's just in terms of the quality. So it was um, during the Liverpool Chelsea game. I think the commentators were talking, um, Carragher in particular about, they step up to the first team and he says so Redknapp went ahead of him um, and he was talking about how, uh, Jamie Redknapp when he was at the club and Carragher's like what's it like when you step up to the first team and Redknapp is like it actually gets so much easier because you're suddenly playing with a better quality of player so if you're the top of your like age group at youth football you're like carrying a team and then you step up and a lot of this stuff gets easier because all of a sudden the passes that you're getting are better the runs that other people are making are better but defenders behind you are better so you can just focus on and I think that is the thing that Everton are getting both of that now people can just play their positions yeah. but also because you've got Carvalhoen with Rodriguez behind him or Decore breaking and making space he not only is has a shorter role of what he needs to do but at the same time he's also got the benefit of having better players around him making even that job easier yeah. So I think you're going to look through the team. I think that's what they've done. 
They yeah. built a team in a season. Yeah, yeah. Don't know, no. why, don't know why Man United couldn't have done that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's honest, isn't it? It's honest. Yeah. It's honest. Yeah, we can't do that because we're just a nonsensical club. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. All right, cool. Well, guys, well, thank you very much for you know watching. Um, as I said, or as Ben said earlier on, you can find us on a lot of um, other podcast um, platforms. So we got. Uh, amazon we've got spotify you know you can obviously find us on youtube please please you know share subscribe like mm. do everything give, give us your thoughts to get out there yeah give us yeah yeah leave some comments as well do you know what i mean obviously asda i bought your customer <laughs> so you know sponsor us still um, <laughs> you get what i'm saying but um yeah guys oh uh, uh, yeah yeah so if you can comment below how many custard creams you think that you can get in his mouth in one go <laughs> if we have if we have 10 people comment next week we'll do that <laughs> let's, 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 let's not do that that's, that's, um, thank you very much for watching yeah you know what to do you know like comment subscribe hit us up, up on twitter as well for anything um and yeah man peace out Take care, guys. peace